Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, you're with Breakfast with Lindley and Ryan. Ryan, how regularly do you review and update your financial plan? Oh, I am a bit guilty about this. I should do it more, but you know, with how life is, there's always something to do, clean up the kitchen, watch Netflix, do my work. It's not always at the top of my list. How about you, Lynn? I think probably about once a year or when something major happens that could affect, mm. you know, such decisions. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's the case for many people as well. Until something bad happens, a wake-up call of sorts, then you start to look at things. But it's going to be much easier if you do it regularly. And of course, with finances, time is money, as they say. So it's better to start earlier. You know, interestingly, despite how important money is in our lives, financial education is typically not taught in schools. Well, at least not enough, I think. Money management is one of the essential parts of our lives to build our wealth. It does make sense to know more about how to manage it and grow one's wealth, doesn't it? It does make sense. So I'm looking at some research by St. James's Place and they found that teenagers from more affluent backgrounds scored more highly in financial literacy tests than their peers from households with lower earnings. It kind of makes sense. The survey by financial advisors also revealed that a lack of financial literacy can deepen inequalities as wealthier households tend to have more time and resources to teach their kids about money. So is proper financial education the answer to a widening wealth gap? Well, it could be. Let's find out more from Lawrence Tant. Mm-hmm. He is the content lead for Institute for Financial Literacy. Good morning, Lawrence. How are you doing today? Good morning. Thank you, Lynn and Ryan, for hosting IFL and getting us on air. Yeah, just a bit more background about IFL. It was launched mm. in St. Pauli in 2012. It's the outreach arm of Money Sense, which is, of course, a very valuable program that's been going on in terms of financial education since 2003 to make financial knowledge more accessible. So well done, Lawrence. Thank you. Um, yeah, we've been around for a while. Money sense, obviously, much longer. But I think the resource has a lot more room to be spread in terms of people being aware. Uh, so thank you for hosting us. So how important is financial literacy for Singaporeans? Well, um, I think in my opinion, it is a core life skill, not just for Singaporeans, but for everyone. Because, um, you know, there was a study by Brown University in the US a few years back that, um, and they surveyed about 50,000 American families. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, the conclusion was that uh, children start forming their habits at age nine and thereafter it becomes really crystallized, right? And once good habits are formed, they'll be great, but not so good habits, then you'll take a while to decompact it and to try to correct it. So if you start as early as school-going age, right? But uh, even for older folks like us, um, it is still definitely not too late. In fact, we should continue to keep ourselves abreast of changes in the financial landscape. Yeah, Lawrence, let's take a step back and look at the word or definition of financial literacy. So what are mm. we looking at? Is it just counting money? Because when I think about computer literacy, you know, it's not just about turning mm. on a computer. What do you actually mm. need to know to be financially literate? Well, I'll give you the OECD's definition of um, financial literacy to add some credibility here. OECD defines financial literacy as a combination of awareness, knowledge, skill, attitude, and behavior necessary to make sound financial decisions and ultimately achieve individual financial well-being. So it's a combination of 
knowledge and awareness, mm-hmm. getting the right skill, but also the confidence and the attitude to effect behavioural change. To apply that knowledge as well, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. Lawrence, I'm looking at your website, ifl.org.sg. Mm. There's, there's so much content there, mm. even for young kids as young as three years old. So tell us more about how do you come up with these programs and yeah. what objectives do you have in mind for, for people who are so young? Yeah, so currently our remit is really not so far to um, deliver directly to young kids. So what we do is we coach parents. Mm. We uh, coach parents with kids from as young as preschoolers all the way to late teens, right? Mm-hmm. So we provide age-appropriate content. Uh, of course, initially impressing upon the parents the importance of inculcating money sense, teaching it at the right level for the kids, uh, and being good role models because parents are ultimately the best teachers. So we, we do it through parents and uh, cover the whole age group that I just mentioned yeah. as well. Hey, Lawrence, uh, so it's mm. been around 20 years since Money Sense mm. was set up. I'm a bit curious. Mm. Is it fair to say Singaporeans are now more savvy? <laughs> Have you done a great job? Um, yes and no. Uh, I think it's always a work in progress. Singaporeans definitely, by and large, more aware. And sometimes, uh, you know, being aware is great. But as I mentioned in the definition, right, it's not just the awareness and the knowledge, but the confidence to put those skills and knowledge into action. The combination is where the challenge is, right? We have so much information today. In fact, we, I think we have too much information that it becomes confusing. And therein lies the problem because if it's not well understood, decompacted and organized, the information becomes confusing and it actually leads to less confidence, right? People have more confused, less confidence in uh, less clarity in carrying out action. So yes, there's a lot more knowledge, there's a lot more in- information, but in terms of confidence and um, being able to effect change, moving from knowledge to action, I think it's still work in progress. Lawrence, you came from a banking and finance background before mm. becoming a trainer. So mm. in all these years, what are some common financial mistakes that you see Singaporeans make and how can they be avoided? I think the one of the sort of mistake you already alluded in your introduction, right? Basically, tomorrow can wait, right? We sort of put <laughs> it off, right? <laughs> uh, we're always busy chasing, I don't know, something else. Um, that's one mistake, thinking that, you know, I still have time. But, you know, time doesn't, doesn't wait for anyone. Mm-hmm. And we all know when it comes to money, the power of time and compounding and all that stuff. I mean, you will pay if you kick it down the road. The other mistake is the common fallacy that people say that I don't have enough money, right? I don't have enough money, so I don't need to plan. Um, that's the other fallacy, the other mistake. And the flip side of it is actually the opposite, right? When people think that, oh, as long as I focus on making more money, I should be fine. You know? I, I don't have to sort of focus on planning, thinking of goals and budgeting, even simple things like that, right? There was a Straits Times report, I think maybe you saw it earlier in the year, uh, where there was an article that says high income, low wealth, right? Mm. Uh, less than 50% of working adults set aside a budget for expenses. And close to two-thirds of those who actually do have some kind of budget admit that they often overspend. In other words, negative cash flow. So is this a lack of awareness of sound financial principles or is this basically, you know, a manifestation of not having appropriate attitudes and confidence to take action, right? Rajendra Lawrence Tan, he is the content lead for Institute for Financial Literacy, which is from Money Sense. Now, Lawrence, uh, we talked about how some of these segments of population need or require mm. it more urgently to be more financially savvy. So in that mm. sense, are you able to reach them? Because when we talked about some of the studies we've been seeing, these people don't have the time 
time, don't have the accessibility to some of these resources as well. So mm. are we reaching them enough? Yeah, so we are always continue to try to reach them. Uh, I think we try to make all sorts of uh, time. In terms of time, yes, we are all pressed. So we do uh, sessions generally now uh, online. We do it even on weekends. We do it in the after office hours. We have lunchtime talk. So we try to catch all these pockets in terms of time. But I think reaching the people is a challenge, right? There will be people who may not have heard or even understood the concept of financial literacy. So hence, we need a lot more outreach and you know exposure through medias like you as well as others. So we continue to do that. We are promoting uh, our sessions on you know, Facebook, on the usual social media channels as well. Mm-hmm. We've just recently even launched um, a personalized one-to-one free financial health clinic. Basically, anybody, the public, you and I, anyone, we can arrange for a free one-to-one session with volunteers. Uh, at this time point, I'd like to thank, reach out to uh, a lot of financial advisors as well as our trainers who have volunteered their time. These people are volunteering their time. Just I underscore the word volunteer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not paid. They are financial advisors by day. They have their day job, uh, but sometimes they have pockets of time and they take on these one-to-one consultation often on Zoom, so it's easily done. Mm-hmm. And basically, the public can ask any questions that they have or doubts about their financial planning or money matters concerns. Lawrence, we talked about uh, outreach, volunteers. Mm. What role do you think parents, schools and the government can play in this part of things, educating Singaporeans about Mm. financial literacy? Yeah, I think I've already mentioned the importance of parents being the first teachers and the the role models, Mm -hmm. at least until the kids are, I guess, their teens or the late teens. Mm -hmm. So parents definitely, the role that they play. So hence, we do sessions to guide parents. I think many parents want to do the right thing, but sometimes not so clear how to do it, you know, how to bring perhaps a bit more complicated money matters concepts to children, teaching the concept of compound interest, savings, Mm. interest and debt and all that stuff. So we have some suggestions for parents to do some of these things. For schools, for sure. I think schools is very clear. It is a good environment. Like I said, IFL currently we're not tasked to drive that. MOE drives that towards schools. Uh, But we do get a lot of inquiries from parents as well for school going age. So so we do our part in terms of that. Uh, The government, for sure. I've already mentioned MOE. But uh, Money Sense is a government effort since 2003 with um, mm-hmm. MAS and MOM behind it. Uh, and I think the government is well aware that um, imparting or improving financial literacy is not just a benefit for the individual, right? But it's also sort of a benefit for community at large. So maybe help me out with this, um, mm. this fix. So when it comes to educating kids, right? I notice that money is becoming more digital these days. When you go to school, mm. there's a card. When you go shopping, there's a card. They think money is invisible. So how do you mm. teach kids these days when you're into this new era when you've got a digital wallet, everything's on your card? You don't really feel yourself spending Absolutely. money. Absolutely. And your watch Absolutely. as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So that's the challenge of technology. While it's great on one hand, this it also presents a challenge in terms of inculcating a sense of money. I think it's not just children, even adults, right? I mean, credit card company actually did a study that if you give somebody a $100 bill and a debit card with $100 in it, the person with the debit card tends to spend more freely than the person with $100 bill. So this is the same conundrum. Uh, for children, we encourage 
parents to take to help them log their expenses. I think with technology, children can also get messages on their phones and all that stuff in terms of how much they spend. So basically, using the same technology to alert them each time they spend, so that there is a little bit of a buzz on their phone and they get a, a sense that they are spending and showing them that their budget is the budget for the day is coming down. So at least they see that and they feel it. So you have to use technology as well, cuts both ways. Lawrence, very quickly before we let you go, what is mm. one piece of advice you would give to Singaporeans who want to become more financially literate and plan for their future financially? Well, if there's only one thing I can say, the main overriding one is do something about it. Take action, right? Do it. Having goals are great, uh, but you don't have plans to uh, attain the goals. So it's, it's like what a French poet wants to say, right? A goal without a plan is simply a wish, right? So start planning and do something about it. Attend our sessions. If you need help, come for our financial health clinic. Uh, we're here to support you. Come join us. And listen to Money FM every day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Lawrence Tan. You're welcome. Content lead for the Institute for Financial Literacy. Lawrence, we'll catch okay. up again with you soon. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.